Okay, guys, listen up. Seltzer is all the rage these days, and now there's even hard seltzer. Speaking of which, have you tried Bud Light Seltzer? so good. It's seltzer with a hint of fruit flavor. And get this, it's only 100 calories, two grams of carbs, and less than one gram of sugar. Plus, it's gluten-free. It's perfect for when my friends are bugging me to have a drink with them, and I don't want hard alcohol. I can just have my Bud Light seltzer. Thank you very much. I'm obsessed with the black cherry, but it also comes in strawberry, lemon lime, and mango. I mean, make that sound better. I bet you want to try them all right now, right? This is making me extremely thirsty. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. I promise this is not going to be too dark of a segment, but do you ever, a friend of mine is working on this Jody Arias trial. Oh my God, I've heard about, I mean. Do you know about this? Yes, and she's been on the stand for like 18 oh, days. God. She was on the stand for 18 <clears throat> days. A friend of mine works for Dateline. She's a producer for Dateline. And uh, she's been just immersed in this thing for kind of weeks. And uh, And when I see her. She tries to talk to me about it, and I'm like, I can't, dude. I cannot. Please don't talk to me about this. And it, it's, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Dude, it is disgusting. I don't even want to tell you how disgusting it is. I mean, there's graphic sex stuff, like yeah. gross pictures of her. I don't even want to tell you. It's disgusting. And then, like, this guy's body, like, she stabbed him 27 times. She slit his throat from ear to ear. She shot him twice. Anyway, my, my point is, like, she's trying to kind of process this. And there's so much. And I and then I got to hear about it. And then I got to think about it. And I I can't watch the news because there's just so much evil in the world. It, it shuts me down. I can't. Yeah. It can't deal with it. Do you ever feel like do you no i mean yeah it's sometimes sometimes i can't i i stop getting the paper because i love the paper like i love to read i, I know, love the tactile right? of the paper i used to read the paper too and 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 i just i have to take a break from it and sometimes i take a break from the news too i just go no i'm not gonna can't watch do news. it can't do it i can't do it and conversely it's so funny because we've created this whole montage for the opening of, of the the tour right that i'm doing and you kind of see all this evil in the world, you know, and it's like pollution and the factory farming and the this and the that. And then you see the alternative of like nature and peace and <laughs> kids and dogs and love and, you know, friends. And it's a choice. 
So every day I kind of think to myself, all right, I have to, I have to maximize the good in the world. And that's what I focus on. And that's what I try to see. And I try to shut out the darkness because I, I, I don't know how to live with it. I've never quite figured out how to live with it. And I was reading in Psychology Today recently that there's this program they've been doing in the UK. And it's called Restorative Justice. So basically what they're doing as part of this program is they're taking offenders mm-hmm. of a crime. And they're bringing them face to face with the victims of their crimes. So, so they like can, a victim state? Well, like when they have to do victims? Like a rapist has to sit with, a, with his victim. Oh, whoa. And he has to hear how she's suffered or, or, and, or like what the result was of his crime, how it's affected her, the cause, the effect of what, what this person did. So almost did. like a victim statement, yet they're, they're being forced to really listen to it, whereas sometimes I think how the victim statements are done now, the, 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 the offender this is just kind of sitting there like whatever. This is a one-on-one. This oh, is wow. like a dialogue one-on-one. And wow. the really interesting thing about this is what they're trying to do is get the offender to experience empathy. Mm. And when you look at empathy, like what is empathy? Empathy is truly the ability to, to feel with another person, to identify with them and sense what they're experiencing, to see the world through their eyes, to feel the, the world as they feel it, and, and to walk in their shoes. And it's kind of funny because people, I, I'm not a sympathetic person. And everyone knows that. You know, we talk a lot about that when it comes to losers. You're so mean. You know, don't you have any sympathy? Sympathy to me is in agreement. Yes, you're so weak and so pathetic. Oh, I'm so sorry for so you. Yeah. I'm sympathetic. No, I don't agree with you. I, I, I'm not going to be sympathetic. But I will be empathetic. I do understand that it's hard. I do yes. understand you're in pain. I do understand that, that it, you know, all the fear and all the struggle that you're, you're going through. But I know you can do it. And I will push you through those things to achieve it. I'm empathetic, though. I do feel what you're feeling, probably because I've been there. Yeah. I see myself and my own struggles in yeah. the person that I'm working with, which is truthfully why I do what I do, because I'm trying to heal that part of me that's always been, you know, that's wounded or broken. But the great thing, this concept of empathy, the idea here, and it's working really well over there, is that when somebody develops empathy, essentially what you're doing is you're helping to sort of root out evil in the world <laughs> because it's, it's oh. impossible then to yeah. perpetuate a crime if you feel the hurt that you're causing to somebody else. Right. You know, even right. people that are, that are sort of blind about, like, credit card fraud. You know, well, you, you know, you're just a, hey, oh, your credit card company pays for it. Really? Like, have you ever sat down and heard about how you screwed up someone's life? You messed up their credit. You made their lives miserable. You Forever. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard what a hell ride you caused for that person? Mm-hmm. Sit down with them. It's like, sit down and listen to what a mess you caused for them. How hard you made their life. Sit down and listen. So it's not just, oh, this credit card company or this faceless, nameless person. Sit down and listen. And the next time you go to perpetuate that crime, think about the harm you're doing to an innocent person and feel that feeling of of that connectedness of having been there before. But what I really love about this concept of empathy is that to make the world a better place, 
if we can all, you don't have to be a criminal to cultivate your empathy. Yeah. The, I, it, and what I didn't mention first, I should mention, is what this is actually doing for the victims of the crime is that it also allows them to gain some understanding of the person who harmed them. Oh, that's interesting. And in doing so, mm-hmm. it allows them to find forgiveness because they they can empathize with what made the perpetrator do what they did. Like Jody Arias, I'm almost positive that this girl was molested or incested. When you hear, you know, all the like the sex things that she had engaged in and then subsequently, you know, she killed this guy. I was like, oh, this girl's, oh, this is, this is serious. She was clearly molested or incested. She's playing out that pattern of sexual abuse and then she snaps and goes into yeah. a rage and murders this guy. And you know she's murdering the person that did whatever they did to her when she was a kid. Now, I don't think that's come out in the trial. I don't think that's part of the trial. But from what I know, it's so obvious. So nobody is all bad when you look at, like, what made this woman do what she did. It doesn't right. make it right. But if you can if you can find that empathy, the key to forgiveness, the reason we forgive is not, I, you know, is not so you're like, oh, I'm such a good person. It's so you can move on. If you yeah. can't forgive them, you, you can't move on. And one of the best ways to forgive is developing empathy with the attacker. So when you look at the world and how to find peace, the other great thing about empathy, even if it's just for your kids or your spouse or the parent that you are at odds with or the guy that you're fighting with in traffic, you know, if you can find that empathy, it will give you a sense of connectedness to mankind. Because I know that feeling of not being connected. And it's lonely. It's so lonely. Have you ever felt that way? Well, one thing you, you just said th- that struck me is the the unknown person, why they're a jerk. If someone's a jerk to you, you don't, you're right. You don't know. That person might have a kid in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the spouse's uh, uh, daughter might have uh, just died and something else. Yeah. And maybe that's why they're being a complete ass that day in traffic or in the store. Yeah. You don't, and all you see is the jerk. And you're right. So I, I, I get this. I get what you're saying. Like, it does make with sense. With my dad, one of the ways that I've been able to stop perpetuating this pattern of, okay, you know, getting involved with men that are like my dad in business and then playing out the pattern of, you know, F you. You don't control me. You can't tell me what to do. Now I just go the other way. I'm like, oh, this reminds me of my dad. No, 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 no. And I move on. And I don't allow myself to have a historical reaction, which is going to cause problems for me in business down the road. But I've also worked through a lot of those issues with my dad I see it for what it was, and I still have my anger, and I still have my responses, and those things still do come up. But I learned how to forgive him by understanding why he was the way that he was. His childhood sucked. His parents were limited. They didn't, he didn't feel loved. He didn't feel cared for. He feels worthless, and that's why he was the man that he was. And it wasn't intentionally malicious. And then I, then I feel bad for my dad, and I've got empathy for my dad, and I can forgive my dad. And move on instead of playing out this constant battle. Mm-hmm. So, the the idea what I what I you know what I want everyone to try to do this week is to cultivate their empathy for people that have wronged them. Could be a parent, could be a coworker. Try to look at what what makes them tick. Why are they doing what they're doing? 
It doesn't mean that you have to allow the abuse to continue. I'm not saying that. You set boundaries and you move on. But it helps you forgive so you can let go. And subsequently, it, it will allow you, even with just your kids, your family, your friends, uh, the, the supermarket checkout clerk, like, what do you have in common? We are all human. We all want truly at our core the same things. We want to love that. and we want to be loved. Yep. We want to feel heard. We want to feel known. How, how can you give to that person that feeling of feeling heard or feeling known or feeling respected? Because I guarantee when you find that common ground, they'll give it back to you. Your peace will be greater. Your feeling of being connected and that the world is a better place will be greater. I need to see the good in the world or I can't go on. I mean it. I need to see the good in people or I will fall into such a deep depression. And, you know, when I get those emails of like 25 reasons to love people, you know, and they'll be like a cop giving a homeless guy, buying a homeless guy a pair of shoes, right? Or like people after Katrina, like donating or, you know, after the Hurricane Sandy, like I need to see the good in the world. And the way we cultivate it is by having empathy for the people that wronged us and for strangers. So we show them kindness. I mean it, and it's going to allow you to move on, to let go of old stuff. It's going to allow you to feel a more connected feeling in the world. And it will also help us not harm other people because even though we all like to think we're perfect, we, we disappoint people. We, Mm -hmm. we make mistakes all the time. And it's just like bit by bit kind of rooting that, that evil because we all have it within us. There's darkness in yeah. all of us. Like, rooting it out of us and by, by, by working through our issues and f- finding a common ground, putting ourselves in other people's shoes, seeing the world through their eyes, and feeling connected. That's your job for the week. Well, that ought to be real simple. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know no what? Problem. But you know what? No, it, it is kind of simple because, and, and uh, not to extend this, but I, I remember after my mom died and, and I was always... Not that I was looking for someone that that would piss me off, but no, oh, you wanted a, a vent, yeah, uh, yeah, and and sure. I almost found that if somebody was in a store that <laughs> sure. was, uh, I remember I had to get insurance for my dad's vehicle, and I remember the the woman was a little bit she didn't give me the attention I wanted or something. And I remember oh. I stormed out of there, yeah, and I went, I went, you're not, you're not treating the elderly right, you know, and I just went, oh my god, Janice, <laughs> Jesus. You know, and I so I went back. I drove away, and I went back to the store, and I went, "I am so sorry." I said, "You know what? I just lost my mom," and I said, "And I'm taking this out. I'm taking this out on you. Yeah. I know you respect it, but I just took it, and it, it just comes out. You know, sure and- it does. I did something the other day. Um, I was driving my daughter to school, and there's a security guard. Right? There's a hill. You get to the top of the hill, then you go down the hill. So people are coming up, and you're going down, and this and that. So he's trying to kind of navigate the traffic, right? So I pull up in my car, and he turns around, and he kind of points his finger at me to wait. So I'm like, all right, oh wait. But I'm sort of parked in the middle of where the, I'm like stopped in the middle of the road where these people need to get out. So I like back my car up and try to move it around to the side, and he turns around again and points his finger at me to wait. And oh my god, I don't know what happened. I think I'm just stressed. I think I'm. I think I'm stressed. I think I'm spread thin. And it triggered me of like a man pointing his finger at me and like, you know, authority when I wasn't doing anything wrong. And I rolled down the window and I was like, I got it. You don't need to be a dick. I got it. (laughs) And the guy was like, whoa, you know, 
<laughs> Meanwhile, I've got my three-year-old in the back seat who yeah. was, you know, thank God, no idea what's going on. And I felt terrible when I got home and I was like, I yelled at the guy on top of the hill, honey. I was like, ooh. And she goes, you need to go back there tomorrow and say you're sorry. And I was like, no, because I was so kind of embarrassed about it. Yeah, it is embarrassing. And I went back and I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I was like, you didn't deserve that. I was like, I just, I was having a bad day and you pointed the finger at me and it just set me off. I was like, I'm sorry about that. And he's like, no problem. But, oh. However, though, but yeah. see, you capture the empathy. It's like when I tore the, 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 the head off the, the woman in the insurance place. You know, yep. I had, and I started thinking, here she's just trying to do her job. Like he, you know, and oh, you know. learn that empathy. But what, to bring it back to the beginning of what you were talking about, Jody Aries, I'm not saying that yep. I'm going to stab the lady at, at the, <laughs> the insurance place, but you can see how quick the snap happens. You can see yep. how it's like, boom, and you're into it. Absolutely. And there's no return sometimes until you, and obviously that's, you know, I, I please, I'm not trying to make that comparison with the Jody Arias case. I know However, what you mean, though. But of course. There's something in it. So yeah. you're right. And your takeaway was <laughs> take the time to develop empathy. Develop empathy. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right. <laughs> All right. Shake it off. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> You ready for fitness? I am. Okay. So I wanted to talk about exercises that I hate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Not because they're hard, but because I think they put people in very compromising uh, situations Mm. and they can cause uh, risk of injury. So they they can be perilous or, by the way, subsequently uh, a waste of time, less than efficient or effective. You know what I'm saying? I do. So. Because so, some of them out there are just, not only are they, they inefficient, but they can also be dangerous. So an example, one of this, and I know all the CrossFitters out there are going to have a tantrum, but I hate that kipping pull-up. Have you seen that? Oh, when they... Swing you, their hips, yes. yeah, like throw their hips it's up. It's very and, showy in yeah, the gym. Well, it's not actually. It's it's basically a, a way to, to cheat and do mm-hmm. more reps. Mm. It's far harder to do it with, with good form, yeah. to like come up and come down with control. So it's it's basically a way to like use momentum and thrust your hips up to sort of try to like jump your body up above the bar. But the reality is that it really violently tugs on your shoulder joints, yeah, which are some that. of the most delicate in your body. So uh, this is just unnecessary. Here's what I would recommend. Obviously, one of the things you can do if you cannot do uh, an overhand pull up is switch to a chin up. So this is the underhand grip, yep. right, where the palms face you and the hands are more narrow. Switch to a chin-up because a lot of people can do chin-ups better. Build your strength up with a chin-up or do assisted overhand pull-ups. So do it on, like, let's say a Gravitron where you compensate by adding a weight on the weight stack so you can slowly build up your strength with good form. It's much harder to do the, the pull-up when you pull yourself up over the bar and slowly lower back down with control. The momentum is a cheat. It's like swinging dumbbells during a bicep curl. What the hell are you thinking? And isn't the coming down 
the most important part anyway, right? Well, the eccentric contraction, where you're, which means you're strengthening the muscle while you're stretching it. I, it's debatable whether it's the most important part, although there are some studies that will show you that more gains can be made during that eccentric contraction when used with control. But if you just fall down, you're wa- A, you're wasting a huge yeah. part of that exercise. Yeah. And B, you're again, you're risking injury. Right. Uh, the next one is a dip. A dip. Have you ever seen? I know. No, this I is. Do dips. Here's the thing. Performed correctly, it, it is an excellent muscle builder. But it's like seeing a perfectly executed dip mm. is like next to never. And you always see people where they flare their shoulders out or they're like perfectly vertical. Because the key is actually to get like a slight forward lean and keep your elbows nice and tight in at your sides. And, and then it's like people get like too far with their range of motion and they can strain their bicep tendon. And so the thing mm. with dips is unless they're done really well, it can really, you, you can really risk hurting like your shoulders, your rotator cuffs, your bicep tendon. Another thing that you can do to hit those same muscle groups, it's really simple and you run a significantly less risk of injury or close-handed push-ups. Really simple. Get in push-up position. Yeah. Put your hands directly under your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Keep your elbows tucked in at your sides. That's it. Almost like a, like in yoga. What do you call that? The vinyasa. Chaturanga. Chaturanga. That's it. It's yeah. like a chaturanga. Yeah. Chaturanga, though, your hands are far, a little farther back. They're, they're below okay. your shoulders. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's like a chaturanga. Okay. And uh, it, except the you put your hands, like, right under your shoulders to gotcha. do these. So it's same thing. Triceps, chest, shoulders, but with significantly less risk. So you slowly lower down. You get about right where your, your chest is hovering above the floor, maybe an inch above the floor. Pause for a beat and then push up as explosively as you can. Gotcha. Control the descent can, and then, you know, fire away on your way back up mm-hmm. with as much power as possible. That's going to get you just as good of results as the dips, if not better. Another one that I hate is that 45-degree leg press. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're yeah, kind of sitting and you're like in a little L position. And oh, I do This that one, one sucks, and here's why. Basically, it forces your back into a rounded position and it compresses your spine. That's true. And it can cause a yeah. herniated disc, which is really mm-hmm. bad. And the movement doesn't engage your core or any of your stabilizing muscles, so you're not going to gain anything beyond the gym floor from it. And what I mean is you're not going to gain muscle coordination, muscle synergy, core strength, uh, stability. So that's, it's, that's, it's extremely inefficient. Uh, One of the exercises you can do that will be just as effective, but in fact, as effective and for more functional is something called a dumbbell Bulgarian split squat. I call it a king squat too. So you take the top of your foot of one leg and you put the top of it on a bench. Okay. Right? And it, it should hit you. The edge of the bench should hit you right at the top of your ankle. Okay. Then the other foot, you jump out in front of you. Dumbbell in each hand at the oh, side. So one foot's mean. on the ground, one yes. foot's on the bench. Exactly. Yes. And then you lower your back knee down and behind you, almost as though you want to drop your back knee under the bench. So the foot that's on the bench, mm-hmm. I want you to bend it down and back. So that when your front knee is bent, your quad is parallel to the ground and your front knee is over your ankle. Okay. Right? So you don't lean forward when you drop. You're coming straight down and a little bit back. You're really going to feel that in your quads on the leg that's bent or on the leg that's on the bench mm-hmm. and in your glutes as well as your quad as you press back up to standing with your front leg. Isn't that funny? It's an old and that's an old like, that's old, that exercise. And it requires and so much balance. Yeah, amazing. So much core and stability. It's, it's far better. And you can weight it with the dumbbells. 
Right. So you can hang them at your side or you can balance them on your shoulders. Okay. And so that way you can go heavier if you've kind of got them hoisted up yep. and you've sort of locked them in at your upper body. Sometimes it's hard to hold on to those heavy dumbbells because your forearm flexors give out. Um, another one I hate is the pec deck at the gym. You sit in that little chair and then you place your forearms on those pads. Your arms yeah. are bent at like a 90 degree angle and you bring them in and out. I hate that. First of all, you what you should do... You want that exercise with your arms extended because it's significantly harder. So we talk about extending the levers. So if your joints are levers, when you're bending that joint with a bent arm, you're Mm -hmm. decreasing the intensity. And you're artificially locking yourself into this machine. A better exercise is going to be a dumbbell fly. So each Mm -hmm. arm has to work unilaterally, independently, instead of being locked into a machine where the stronger, more dominant arm can compensate for the weaker arm. So you're not training with balance. If you train with dumbbells, each arm has to work independently. So it has to develop independently. Yeah. You have to stabilize the path that you're taking with the dumbbells because you're not. There's no cables or pulleys or what have you, and <clears throat> you extend your levers, which is going to give you a greater intensity. Right. You're right because when you get in, you are a victim of that machine because oftentimes you don't adjust. Well, I see people they don't adjust it and they get in this incredibly vulnerable. They're way back here before they start, so they're pulling from this, which is bad. Yeah, yeah. it really can over, it can strain the bicep tendon. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. And it's the last two that I hate. I hate the leg extension machine. So you sit down right in your little chair and you put the, the bar over the top of above the top of your knee and you put your foot underneath where so there's that other bar that goes right above your feet and you straighten your legs. You function on one plane. So basically you've locked yourself into this machine. You've artificially isolated a muscle, which is your quads. You never artificially isolate a muscle in your body throughout your everyday life. You're synergizing all different muscles, back, front, side, core, up, down, this, that, the other, stabilizing muscles. You never lock yourself into something, artificially isolate a muscle like a quadricep, and then extend it on one plane. We're multidimensional. You drop your keys, you twist around, turn around, reach back down, grab the keys. You're, exactly. You're reaching like up to get something. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you're, we're multidimensional, and we have to synergize. I hate that exercise, and I hate the hamstring curl where you lock yourself on that yeah. and you artificially isolate your hamstrings. I'd rather see you do things like pelvic thrusts and squats and side lunges and plies. These exercises are far more dynamic. They're far more functional. They work more muscle groups so that you're, again, you're synergizing. You're having to stabilize. You're having to use core. So there you go. There's my snap. That was fitting. good. Thank you. That was very good. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's, uh, let's talk to some folks. Okay. Okay, we are back, and Zane is waiting to talk to you. Hey, Zane, what's going on? Hi, Jillian. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Um, so I, I had a question I wrote um, to you guys. I'm, um, I'm an acrobat, and I perform um, about 10 shows a week and do a bunch of training. And um, wow. I'm also uh, studying to eventually, hopefully, become a registered dietitian. So, oh, so obviously, cool. I love watching you on The Biggest Loser, and I always listen to your podcast. And um, my question is about uh, kind of leaning out when you're already pretty muscular and fit. Mm, Um, And I find 
the, the women in particular that I work with, I feel like there's a, a huge range of calorie intake okay. amongst us. Okay. Um, some are, everyone's pretty small and pretty lean. Um, and I feel like some are on, you know, 1,200 calories a day and some are on 2,400. Uh, and yet we're all around the same. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering how that's possible and okay. how that discrepancy exists and sure. where you go from there for, for kind of leaning out from muscular already. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, let me tell you um, that I have a tremendous amount of uh, respect and admiration for what you do. So, uh, oh, thank just, you so much. Just on a person-to-person level, I want to throw that out there. Um, awesome. Now, you. No, I mean, please. Uh, now, to be honest um, and transparent... I do know some professional dancers, and I, I have met several uh, gold medal gold medal Olympians, and that culture lends itself very much to you know getting on the scale and like oh my god you're overweight and it's it's like so that's where you might be seeing some girls eating 1,200 calories. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, definitely. I don't know if they're Absolutely. coming from like ballet or gymnastics, but it's. It's very much like primitive uh, without without, again, creating headlines or outing anybody. I've heard horror stories like the girls step on the scale and it's like there's a bucket next to the scale. And if you don't weigh in at the right weight, it's like, go ahead and vomit right now. I mean, really, it's like they they raid their rooms. And if there's chips and things in their room, like all hell breaks loose. And so. So, yeah, it's true. It is. I mean, thankfully, they're out of that culture now, but it's definitely some of it is deep-seated and some of that is still definitely some of it is there sort of underlying and i think when you when you of course not everybody is a sweeping generalization but if you're seeing somebody doing cirque or working out the way you're talking about and eating 1200 calories a day that is that's that kind of mentality I know it's crazy. Yeah, and that, smoke, that some of them smoke as well, and it's kind of a, right. Of course, I don't understand how how they're still around. Well, and healthy. <laughs> they're not. I wouldn't say healthy. I would say strong. But if you yeah, were to strong. really look at like what's actually going on in their you know in their veins and their arteries and their lungs, like it's you know I guarantee you it is taking a toll in one way or another, especially to their metabolism. So. Yeah. What happens is your your body is gonna find its balance. So if you're eating 1,200 calories and you're working out like that, what will happen is that your body is simply going to take your biochemistry and adapt accordingly. So you got to okay. think about what is metabolism. Well, metabolism is hormones. So what it's gonna do is it's gonna go. All right, you know something? I'm gonna release more cortisol. I'm going to slow yep. down thyroid hormone. I'm going to slow down human growth hormone. I'm going to slow down testosterone. So all of those sort of androgenic, uh, fat-burning, muscle-building hormones, it's going to slow down, and it's going to release hormones like cortisol that are going to slow uh, – they're going to essentially hold fat and slow down the rate in which your body burns calories because it's going to respond okay. It, it, okay. to say, all right, you know, our, our intake is dramatically low. So – I'm going to shift metabolism. Now, if they stop training like this and start eating normally, then their whole body's going to shift in a very bad way. So okay. you're going to see them gain weight and, and what have you. Uh, now, the people that are eating 2,000, 2,500, they're where they're, they should be. I'm eating 2,000. Yeah. 
It, it's like, and I'm not working out like that, dude. I'm working out four half hours a week. But I, but that's what my body is is burning. So my body, I like I did the math and I, I go, okay, well, you know, based on my base metabolic rate, I'm at 1,400 calories a day if I did nothing. When I factor in my activity level because I'm active, I'm at 17. And then on the days that I work out, I'm at 2,000, 2,200, especially with afterburn. So right. I figure on the days I'm over, on the days I'm under, if I eat 2,000, I come out, it comes out in the wash and it does. You know, right. and, and then I very recently got sick and wasn't able to, to really eat for a week. And I lost seven friggin' pounds in a week and looked off. I mean, awful, <laughs> awful. And that's because my calories had dropped down to 1,200 and my body was like, what the hell? And right. so I, I if, if that, because I, I was very sick. So I subsequently was like, all right, so I don't want my body to rebound. I brought my calories back up at about 15% a week until I've hit 12, that, two, 2,000 again to start putting my body back where it should be. So, like, I went from 119 with clothes and shoes on to 112. But that's because oh I'd been eating normally. So that dramatic okay. shift dropped me down and I looked like crap. So <laughs> then it's like I brought myself back up to 117. So gotta have to get some junk back in the trunk. I know, you dude. I had no boobs. boobs. I looked terrible. It was awful. Yeah. With, with that said, though... So when we talk about leaning out, here's your problem. And I, I deal with this a lot. Like, for example, I'm dealing with it right now on Biggest Loser. I have a contestant who put on 19 pounds of muscle during the oh show. From bo- I mean, and you see the way that I train. I do body weight training and, and dynamic dumbbells, like free weights. Not heavy right. at all. And she's still on a dramatically reduced calorie diet. Still put on 19 pounds of muscle. And I saw the IDEXA scan. I physically saw the gain in muscle from her beginning to her end because I would have thought the doctor was crazy and that it wasn't true. And you'll see it in next, like on an episode of Biggest Loser. So it's like the proof is there. My point being, <laughs> if you're training the way that you're training, you're going to, you're, you're going to put on that kind of muscle. Right. And you'd need to stop training that way and start running. You need to literally let that muscle atrophy. And, okay, and yeah. so, you know, so I've got this kid who is, I, I don't want to give away too much, but she's, she's at a certain weight and she's done losing weight. And she's like, I, I don't want to let you down. I want to win the show. I'm like, girl, what, what are you talking about? You, you want to come in? You, what do you want to do? You want to starve your body and look terrible and be totally unethical to win the show? Like, if this is where we cap out with you, this is where we cap out. And I mean, yeah. her, you know, she's solid. I would honestly put her body fat right now at like 15%. I mean, she is solid as a rock. So when you talk about leaning out, we kind of got to have a conversation about health and happiness versus aesthetic because you're healthy and you're happy doing what you're doing. To get you smaller, you would need to stop doing these workouts because you know how like the tremendous amount of strength is required to do what you do. So, yeah, and, and what I do is not um, cardio. So, I mean, we do some, you know, dancing and things like that, but my actual skill is aerial. Right, um, yeah. So it, it's strength. It's not cardio. Of course I it do, is. do some cardio on the side, but I definitely need the muscle mass I have. Right. Um, and, I yeah, it's just a – it's kind of an aesthetic thing, and also because I see it around me and people, do the, people that do the same thing – um, I wonder where that difference comes in with how people hold muscle and how some people look leaner but have 
what looks like the same muscle mass and the same strength, and it seems like a fine line. Well, the reality is, remember, we're all different as well. So we're going to have different yeah. types of muscle fiber, and we're going to carry our, carry our muscle differently. And uh, some people are going to be a little bit bulkier, and some people are going to be a bit more compact. But if your body is on the thicker side, right, and you're feeling like, oh, I'm really muscular, then what would have to happen for you to become smaller? And I know this because I am like that. Hence the yeah. reason I don't lift weights ever. Yep. I do yep. body weight only because I can get big. I mean, like, CrossFit girl big. Like, I can get yeah. big. So yeah, I'm pretty I, sure I could too, but I try not to. Right, <laughs> right. I have to, you know, people have to hold me too. So. No, girl, I get it. What would have to happen for you is you would need to stop training like this, which is what you love to do, and start right. running some of You'd have to atrophy that muscle. You'd have to starve it off, and you'd have to run it off, which, okay. I mean, is it healthy? I don't know. You could do it healthier. You'd probably be miserable and unhappy. So I sort of yeah. feel like this is going to come down to a question of like, we're all different, honey. Stop comparing like, well, this girl does what I do and she's on the smaller side or, you know, th- th- like this one does it and, and she eats this or that. Like y- you can't think of it that way. What would have yeah. to happen for you is you'd have to stop training with this type of strength resistance training. You'd have to switch to endurance cardio. You'd have to eat off literally. Your body would have to cannibalize that muscle tissue and it would have to happen by you stopping to condition, stopping conditioning that muscle, running it off with endurance cardio, and starving it off, literally, so that your body has to eat that muscle for fuel. I, I can't right. say it's healthy. I can't recommend it. I'm telling you what would have to happen, and I right. think it would be a shame. So we're, yeah. tr- we're truly getting to a place where I want to say, you know, you're clearly fit, you're clearly healthy, you're clearly strong. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Love your body and enjoy all these amazing things it can do because one day you're going to look back and go, God, I really, oh, I wish I just like realized what I had when I had it and that power and that ability and that aesthetic was gorgeous. You never appreciate, you know, we always are looking, thinking that we want what someone else has. It's like the girl with a booty wants wants a smaller booty. The girl with no booty wants a bigger booty. It's just, it's so typical of women. And I'm telling you, where you're at and what you can do and what you have is, is a beautiful thing. Love it and enjoy it. And when the day comes that you're no longer doing what you're doing, then the muscle's going to naturally atrophy a bit and your your calorie intake will drop down, switch to more endurance cardio. And at that stage in your life, you will shrink. But, yeah. you know, I don't think you want to give up what you do and I don't think you want to starve your system or be miserable right now. No, you're right. And it's, it is, it, I know it's there because I need it. And, uh, I guess I just was wondering, you know, if there was some secret to it, but it, it does make sense. It totally makes sense, and I, I do need it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it. there's no secret, sweetie. I mean, I can tell you the ugly truth behind what you'd have to do, and I, and I did, and I, I don't recommend it. So yeah. my feeling is, like, again, when the time comes that you're not doing this anymore, your body's naturally going to become smaller. It will yep. just be because you, you're just you're not going to be training in that kind of crazy intense way. So it's not everything's going to sort of naturally adjust and find its balance. But when you're doing what you're doing, it, it, it is what it is. This is it's like you 
The strength. Yeah. I mean, honey, I don't even the power. It's like I can't even do a, a oh freaking handstand in yoga. <laughs> you know, it's like you got people <laughs> doing what you do. It's like, hold on, I'm a, a one handed handstand on this guy's head while he's unicycling across the tight wire. It's crazy <laughs> on a golf team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you know, you, you got it's like for your safety and your health and your enjoyment. Yeah, we, this time. is you know the message to you and to everybody else out there is don't compare yourself. Hel- you know, you yeah. know when your body is a healthy body. Don't sacrifice your health for aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And you, uh, if you're ever in Disney World, you should come see our show. <laughs> oh my gosh, I will. I will make a note of that. I know I've got a, a bunch of tour dates in Florida in May, so hopefully uh, I'll, I'll look into it and try to get over to Orlando for one of those. It's Orlando, okay. yeah. Yes, it's Orlando. We'll take you backstage. I would love it. <laughs> awesome. Take me, take me too, Jillian. Take me too. And Dennis can come too. No, take Dennis me too. I want to come too. Oh, yeah. See, look what you've done. Oh, geez. For <laughs> God's sake. Nobody is invited but me. I'm the famous one. No one cares about you three. I know, but I want to see Zane perform. I think it'd be oh, awesome. Oh, jeez. Zane? I would love to have you all. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zane, no. No, Zane. Oh, my God, Zane. Sorry, Great. I'm a huge fan of everyone there. Well, thank you, buddy. <laughs> Keep up what you're doing. We're a huge fan of yours. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye. That that was now now. Oh, that was very good advice. Well, you know, geez, you gotta just. It's like I get it because I don't want to be a thicker girl myself. But with I know that you said, I'm not that. performing and and friggin'. Cirque du Soleil. I'm not an acrobat doing 10 hours a week. I mean, there's no way, dude. It's like the body, what's required of her. And yeah, this other girl might be smaller. Well, whatever. This is what your body does when it trains for 10 hours in this way. Yeah. And and you know what? I mean, I know she's an adult training that way, but there's a lot of kids. Like what I loved about what you were saying is, you know, that mentality that exists in a lot of, you know, young athletes. So, um, yeah. Now this is now this is our last show oh. before the uh, closing of the Biggest Loser, the finale. Now, I uh-huh. uh, now I flew down this morning, and in my suitcase, yes. I brought a lovely outfit for you to wear. Me? Yes, for the finale. Okay, what is it? Well, it's in my suitcase out in the car. Well, but I will bring it up, and I'd like I want you to wear it for the finale. Okay, I, you gonna go get it right now? Well, no, I can't run down right now because I, you know, well, I could go down right now. Well, you brought it up on the show. Are you not meant to show it to I just, me? And then I, I just, I just want you to know that I've chosen an outfit, and whatever you end up wearing. Uh-huh. Now, have you ch- picked an outfit? Yeah, I have. You have yep. by yourself. I mean, or yeah. do you have the people? Do you have the people? That no, do that? I picked it. It's a black leather Prada dress with these oh. spiky Louboutin heels. Who? Oh, jeez. Oh, Janice. They're not naturalizers, like I told you? No. They're massive heels. Yeah. They're the kind that you told her not to wear. Oh, and you love them. Oh, I'm You covet them. All you do is, like, touch them and stuff. I touch them. I'm trying to squeeze my feet into them, actually. (laughs) I must admit... You've looked very, um, very sexy this season in the, uh, oh. in the, um, the, uh, what do you call it? the ending parts, the weigh-ins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. No, oh, you've, you, you've, um, you're emitting, I think you're going through some kind of change. Yeah, I'm 39. No, but that's what uh, I mean. No, you've, you've, um, 
there's something like I remember the old, you know, when you used to do the things. Uh-huh. But now there's there, you're showing some of a uh, little bit of uh, um, what do you call it? What's the word for it? You know, well, when you're Dennis is, is working it, shaking it. You know, right when you're now. working it, the, She's shimmying. You know what I'm trying to say? I no. don't really. Oh, damn why you. are you trying damn to, you all. Why are you trying to mess with my look then? I'm no, I, I'm not. I'm really not. I just really wanted you to wear something. Are you going to wear your your snap bracelet with your <laughs> that you gave me? Mm-hmm, what did that say again? It said whatever. You know, Lou has that somewhere, <laughs> I and I will try to find it. So black leather mm-hmm. and and high, very high shoes, spiky like. gold and black heels. Now, are you going to have to run down that thing again? I don't know, but I'll hold on to Bob, then I won't fall. Please do, because I, I, I really don't want you to take it. I don't either. That would be awful. But the shoes are cool. Yeah, because it's live. I know. It's live. I know. I know. <sighs> All right, well. Well, I can't wait to see this outfit. I'm excited. Okay, I bet you. I'm just going to sit here and eat, wait for you to go get <laughs> All right, well, we have to say goodbye. Oh, what, what about that? Well, what's in the suitcase, then? Everybody on the, in the... I don't well, know. It was just—it was a nice pair of flats, and uh, kind of a, a smock. A smock. Well, in case you remember the last time when that then that older man picked you up, and I thought he was going to drop you. Yes, but that was well. That was about five years ago, <laughs> season five. <laughs> five. But you. Who was that? Why do I need a smock for that? Because in case he drop somebody drops you. I don't know. Who. A smock will make me bounce, or. <laughs> It's just then you won't. Wait, someone drops you with a leather thing on. You're, you've got some problems. You've got censorship problems on the old NBC because you're gonna. Sp- no, I wear underwear, unlike a lot of those hussies <laughs> out there. Gosh, no, I will have underwear on. I will not be making headlines. Thank you very much. Well, all right. Some of I'll... us are decent. All right, I'll I don't need on. a smock. <laughs> well, it was quite pretty. A smock and flats. Thanks, Janice. Yeah, all righty. Well. We've come to an end. We've come to He's an end. So, uh, so anyway, all the best with the uh, with the finale. Thank you. And uh, and uh, we'll see you after. Hopefully, I'll win again, undefeated. Yeah, you are pretty good, aren't Although you? Although Bob and I do work together all the time, so it's kind of unfair to say because we sort of train each other's teams. But I'd say yeah. I'd say it's, it's, the, it's the Bob and Jillian effect. But anyway. yeah, well, you guys definitely yeah. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. Good. I'm going to tune in. Watch, myself. I'm going to lose now. <laughs> <laughs> Danny will come in third. All right, well, uh, have, have, have some fun. All right, Dorgan. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You've seen her as the star of NBC's hit show, The Biggest Loser. Now is your chance to see her live. Jillian Michaels, Maximize Your Life Tour. It's time for you to ask Why not me? Why not me to be healthy? Why not me to be happy? Your health is the platform that your entire life is built upon. And when your health is solid, every aspect of your life will flourish. Join me as we motivate each other and maximize our lives. Visit JillianMichaels.com for details.
like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger. Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>